Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And on today's episode, we're going to be joined by two special guests. We're going to be joined by the one and only Paul Garcia, host of the Spurs cast. Paul, thank you for joining. Awesome. Glad to be here. Yeah. And we're also going to be joined by the OG, the triple, triple, triple OG here, the one and only Benjamin Bornstein. Now, what's going on, brother? Not much. I didn't know I earned triple OG status, so I'm, I'm living on cloud nine right now. Yeah, you're triple OG now. I mean, you're you're one of the the sole holdovers here from the original cast of Project Spurs with Paul. Real, real quick, Joe, how did how did you how are you able to book Ben, man? Because I've been trying to get this guy on my podcast for like a month, and he's always busy. Like, I know the draft and stuff in March Madness, but man, yeah. So yeah, Ben, you just, I'm gonna you just gotta catch me a week after surgery. That's how it goes. Yeah, okay. there you go. There you go. <laughs> I just I just you know went ahead and reached out to him. I just got lucky, I guess, you know. There you go. This guy's he was busy in between his drinking days, between his drinking days, you know. So Jeez. <laughs> So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go ahead and dive in here and kind of talk about some of these uh topics that have been fan centric and really, you know, have gone over quite well over on Spurs Twitter and social media. So one of those things is going to be the San Antonio Spurs have gotten approved yet once again to go ahead and play three games away from the AT&T Center. So you can look at it two ways, that they're looking to go ahead and actually enforce their brand or looking to go ahead and expand the brand, let's say, in other markets, you know, such as Austin and also, of course, beyond Texas in Mexico. So the Spurs have always played a game in Mexico. That's not anything new, but the games over in Austin, that's a new thing. And let's be honest, you know, you still have a big fan base over in Austin uh, that love, you know, the fans there love the San Antonio Spurs. So it just kind of makes sense from a financial standpoint, from a business perspective. A lot of the fans have been clamoring and saying the Spurs are going to move to Austin. They're scared that they're playing two games out of the eight, 82 game regular season in Austin over at the Moody Center. I'm not scared about that. I think it's a good thing. It's like as the Spurs said, they're just looking to expand the brand and kind of, you know, go into that and get that Austin niche. So I think it's smart marketing. Um, and, the, you know, I guess the city council agreed with that as well because they find that, hey, you know what? The people from Austin are going to come to San Antonio maybe to watch some other games and spend some money here and help, you know, the local economy. So I think it's a win-win for both sides. But we'll go ahead and uh, get your thoughts on this. We'll start with you, Ben. Do you think it's one of these things that the Spurs fans need to go ahead and be wary about and be scared about that the team is going to up and move to Austin? No, it's like you said, it's branding opportunity. I think um, a lot of it is also they've kind of, and I think you you and I talked a little bit about this before the show started, but uh, San Antonio and the Spurs have kind of reached maximum capacity in San Antonio. There's, the, the fans are great. The fans care. That's, that's obvious to anybody who sees that, but um, at some point you have to bring in other fans or fans from other parts of Texas. Granted, it's hard to do that with a team in Dallas and a team in Houston. So you have to go to, you know, maybe some of those cities you would consider smaller cities. Uh, Austin, Austin is not that small. I mean, as the university of Texas, so it has that population as well as, yeah. you know, non-students who actually live there. Um, and, you know, expanding down to Mexico is not the worst thing in the world. I'm sure there are quite a few Spurs fans in Mexico um, those kind of, those fans probably identify better with the Spurs than they do the Mavericks or the Rockets. So it would not be a surprise if it's just, you know, Spurs sports entertainment trying to branch out, trying to see if they can attract more people to come to games. Uh, you know, if you get, if you get 
all of that kind of activation. If you have more fans, just pure volume of fans, you know, you have people buying merchandise, you have people going to games, you have people buying more stuff at games, whatever it is. Inevitably, you have more money and you can do something with. And I think that's the hope is, and you and I talked about this and maybe this is a topic for another time, but potentially demolishing the AT&T Center, building a newer and better stadium that has amenities around it or restaurants, shops, that kind of stuff. I think that has to be the ultimate goal here. Yeah, it's just, you know, unfortunately the AT&T Center was built in not a great location. Hopefully they can go ahead and build a better stadium in a, in a better location. And, you know, to me, the, the most sense is going to be in between San Antonio and Austin. You know, let's go ahead and place that maybe in, in, some, in that 35 corridor going towards Austin or whatnot. You know, see if that actually helps, you know, as far as getting that crowd from Austin and also the, home, the hometown crowd from San Antonio. Because let's face it, if you want to build a stadium downtown in San Antonio, there ain't no room. You know, <laughs> there's no room downtown anymore, you know, to go ahead and build that, that uh, big of a stadium. So they got to look elsewhere. So hopefully they can figure things out. But we're going to go to you next, Paul. What do you think about the Spurs getting approved by the city council to go ahead and play three home games away from home again for this upcoming 2023-2024 season? I think it's just another great opportunity, kind of what Ben just said there, you know, the fact that the way to, to kind of expand your fan base again, these are going to be the trying years, these next few years of them building a rebuilding kind of franchise. And we saw the kind of team that they were putting out on the floor every night, um, you know, with the young developing core and just if anybody was like injured, they didn't want to play those players. I mean, and look at how the Austin fans really enjoyed those games. I mean, the, the Spurs were not playing their best players in a lot of those games and they still sold out both games. But again, long term, you know, would the Austin fans have that kind of commitment to go into every Spurs game? I don't know, because like we've seen the Austin, this, the Austin Spurs attendance hasn't been, you know, from what I've seen, it hasn't been uh, great at all. But again, since the, the fact that this is going to be a few few years of rebuilding, it doesn't hurt to, to expand your fan base. You know, the, the fans in Austin, the fans in Mexico are very excited. And then, you know, I don't live in San Antonio anymore like you guys know and just now that i watch the games on tv then now that i'm not going to go into the arena to cover games anymore i do see the there's a lot of empty a lot of nights and, and you expect it you know with what they um what they uh what they rebuilding kind of franchise you know young players no type of all-stars or all nba level players so um so yeah right, right now is a great opportunity to continue to build your to expand your fan base and i agree with what ben said and then just giving that security to the spurs fans is the fact that they are building that that new um facility that that new um practice facility for them if they weren't doing that for the players and, and the team and the franchise then i would be a little bit more concerned but again they're, they're investing in san antonio right now at this moment yeah and what a great segue because that's going to bring us into our next topic here and that is, you know, Spurs fans kind of being a little bit weary of the San Antonio Spurs playing three games outside of the AT&T Center, especially up in Austin. You all heard the chatter. They're going to move the team. They're going to move the team to Austin. Well, R.C. Buford went ahead and kind of, I guess, recertified himself as stating, you know what? San Antonio Spurs are here to stay in San Antonio. You know, with them spending so much money on this practice facility, I mean, it's a, what, $500 million uh, sprawling campus, you know? And they've given some dates here, you know, of what Spurs fans can expect this upcoming season. So the center broke ground in November of 2021. And one of the slides that was presented at this presentation that the Spurs had recently, it showed the practice facility opening in August of 2023. And that's right on par with the Spurs starting, uh, you know, Spurs training camp, you know? Mm -hmm. So... Again, you know, it's going to be great to see that the Spurs are re-upping, saying, look, there's nothing to be afraid about. We spent all this money on a practice facility. Everything is still 
you know, going to be cool. We're not going to move the, the team. We're not going to uproot and go anywhere. And, you know, Spurs fans have that to look forward to. The Spurs actually having that practice in August of 2023. Then uh, Spurs Sports and Inter- Entertainment said that they're going to have a ribbon cutting ceremony that's likely going to be held in September. And the plaza will likely open to the public a month later, right on par again with the Spurs and, you know, them tra- starting a preseason play at that point, you know. So maybe they'll have some, you know, some some type of, um, I don't know, events or something there while the Spurs are actually playing preseason games. Maybe they'll have some fan fiesta, Spurs fan fiesta or something there to kind of, you know, christen the, the whole the, the new practice facility. But, you know, those are dates that, that they've released. And they also stated that there's going to be a Spurs restaurant that will not open until January of 2024. Or 2025, should I say. So the campus, while it might, you know, on the outside, it might look like it's pretty much built. Uh, the inside is still where they're going to be doing some work. And it doesn't look like everything is going to be done and probably for another year. I think it'll be 100 uh, percent by 2026. So again, Spurs fans, you know, you have this beautiful practice facility to look forward to, maybe catching some players as they're going in, you know, for 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 their practice or their games coming up, you know, getting ready for this for the season as they go ahead and have their training camp and whatnot, you know. So maybe you get catch a glimpse coach Pop or one of the players if they allow you to do so. It would be nice if they did that. But yet again, we're going to go ahead and pitch this and get your thoughts here. So we'll start with you, Paul. Paul, what do you think about the Spurs, you know, kind of recertifying that they're not going anywhere with R.C. Buford, again, giving these dates about the Spurs practice facility? Uh, what are your thoughts? It, it just goes back to what I just said right now. It's like you, you just threw out the dates there, like the fact that this thing may not be ready fully until 2026. But then guess what? That's just that's three more years of, of getting that, you know, getting uh, again, just showing that that foundation is still being built just for that initial step of getting that new practice facility going. And, and it just shows a sign that they're not going to, um, you know, be, be committing to, you know, always playing in Austin or Mexico. It's going to it's going to definitely be a long term um, play here with San Antonio, always keeping them as, as the city that they want the Spurs to be in. Yeah. And R.C. Buford said something here in one of his comments and this particular article that I was looking at, uh, he said that I he wants to emphasize San Antonio is our home. And as we build our next great championship teams, we think it's incredibly important for us to capture the competitive advantages that are available to us throughout the region. So, again, this is going to be a mecca where the Spurs are going to call home. And they even have naming rights, you know, already. They went ahead and said that they're um, partnering with another uh, company here for the naming rights and I'm going to go ahead and go up here and see it. Cause I, I just saw it right now. The name of that company. I don't know if you remember it. Oh, there it is. Victory capital is the name of the company that they're going to be partnering with for the naming rights of the actual campus. So Ben, what do you think about the Spurs practice facility? Good, bad. What are your thoughts? It's good. It's an investment in the community opportunity for players to become more familiar with the community. No brainer. Easy stuff. Just everybody stop overthinking. <laughs> Easier said than done, Ben. Easier said it. than done. That's why you have to say it multiple times. Yeah. So that's why we, we started the this podcast right out the gate talking about this first plane three games away from the Senate from the ATT Center and also talking about the Spurs practice facility. The team's not going nowhere. I think Spurs fans are just kind of overreacting, as you stated. But one of the other topics that they are highly overreacting, which is a great segue to this next segment, 
is that the team lost the coin toss, the, the tiebreaker with the Houston Rockets. And, you know, Spurs fans are, are all in the, you know, getting upset again, saying that it's, it's a wash, you know, that's it. They're not going to get the number one pick. It doesn't really matter at this point because the Spurs still have a 14% chance of getting that first pick. They're tied with the the Houston Rockets. So it's the, the Detroit Pistons, Houston Rockets, and, of course, you have San Antonio. Both, all these three teams have the 14% chance of getting the number one pick. So the worst that the Spurs can do, as you all have stated, is going to be that seven pick. You know, they can slide all the way down to seven. I still had them coming in somewhere around six. I said if they go up, anything above six, to me, is a plus. You know, so 14% chance. Let's see what happens. What are your thoughts on this and the Spurs losing uh, the coin toss here, Ben? It's not that big a deal. It's it's yeah, it it means they could drop the seven fine, but if they were the the difference between dropping to six and seven is negligible at worst. It's there's you're you're gonna get this you can you're gonna have probably the same option at six that you would have had at seven. So, and that's so everybody can stop focusing on oh well you can drop to seven. We don't know what's going to happen until next month anyway. How about you you say the sky is falling after the lottery happens and if the Spurs actually land with the seventh pick? Again, 14% chance to land the top three, to, to land the first pick. It's not any worse odds than the other two terrible teams in this league. Yeah. Stop well, freaking out. It's like I, I, Paul is the numbers guy. He'll He'll explain it better than I will. But people uh, yeah, need to stop mm-hmm. freaking out. It's not that big of a deal. And again, if the Spurs – and by the way, if the Spurs were going to fall to six anyway, and if they fall to seven in this case, the best thing they could do would be trade out of the pick anyway. So it doesn't really matter which one you get because the Spurs probably should be trading out of it. Yeah, so as we go here to you, Paul, to get your thoughts on the Spurs losing the coin, the coin toss, here are the percentages. All right, San Antonio. We're going to go with San Antonio. We're not going to care about Detroit or Houston. Spurs, number one. If they get that number one pick, they still have the 14% chance. Now when it comes to number two, they're tied again with Detroit and Houston at 13.4%. Even if you go down to number three, all three teams, 12.7%. Going down to number four, they're all tied at 12%. And this is where it gets a little bit more interesting. Okay, when you get to that fifth pick, let's say if you slide down there. Spurs still have a 14, 14.8% chance. Houston, 27.8%. Detroit, 47.9% of getting the fifth pick. At number six, Detroit's out. They don't even have, they're not even on the board. It's Houston that has a 20% chance. And it has uh, the San Antonio Spurs at 26. At number seven, the pick that everybody's, oh, well, the Spurs are going to fall to six. They have a 7% chance of getting that seventh pick. Calm down, people. You know, Paul, what are your thoughts on the Spurs losing the coin toss? So I'm actually mad at myself because I just recorded the uh, Spurs cast last night with Colin Reed, and I didn't even use those percentages. Like, I, I told Colin, you know, it's 7%. It's rare that they're going to fall to that. They're definitely not. I mean, there's a 93% chance they're not going to land at number seven. That's just basically, yeah. like, just a 7% chance. And like and like Ben said, where they're going to, um, you know, it's probably going to that pick in the event that the worst-case scenario does happen, they get the seventh pick. 
I think that's, you know, like Ben said, I just think that they would they end up trading the pick. So, yeah, I think anywhere between one and four, that's the safest route. That's their highest percentages. Like you said, Joe, that's going to be where they're going to land most likely. I, I don't see them going five, six or seven. And again, if they do, well, then like Ben said, you know, you end up probably just trading the pick and then that actually preserves you more cap space. Yeah, to me, the, the coin toss is more fanfare than anything. It's just for show. It doesn't really mean anything. It's kind of meaningless at this point. It's just positioning. Again, you, the teams aren't really losing much. You still have the same percentage of getting that number one pick, which is at 14%. Doesn't matter. But I know Ben I might have a little bit of a different take because with him, this season is for not if he does not get one Victor Wembeyama. <laughs> it's... Uh... Victor Wembanyama is all I want on this team. That's it. That's it. They could they can completely screw up the other picks they have in this draft, but if they get Wembanyama, it is all worth it. Period. I actually kind of want the Spurs to go to number two because I I really like Scoot Henderson. Scoot you know? Henderson is great too. I mean, if they get stuck with number two, great consolation prize. Can't go. Can't screw up that pick either. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, let's be honest. I do wish that they get the number one pick. All I'm saying is I wouldn't be mad at that if they fall to number two. You know, even if they slid off to number three, I mean, there's still good, some good picks there, one, two, and three. But as you start gradually moving down in the draft, this draft isn't very deep, Ben. So even if you were to slide all the way down to six or seven, what do you think the Spurs' chances are of actually, you know, them trading the pick if they had a number, let's say they fall to number five and instead of seven? Let's, let's define deep, first of all, because there's going to be, guys you find outside of the lottery in this draft who you will be able to plug and play immediately and they will be good role players so when we're talking about the top of the draft being deep we're talking about three or four tiers of players right Victor Wembenyama is his own tier Scoot Henderson is his own tier and then you have a third tier of players that's probably five to seven or five to eight guys. And then, you know, you're, you're talking about negligible tiers among guys outside of that for later. But to answer your question, difference between five and seven is potentially getting a guy like Jarris Walker, who is probably available at five, very much may not be available at seven. If you're the Spurs and you get the fifth pick and Jarris Walker is available to you, you use the pick on Walker. It's another 6'9 guy that you probably have to figure out, but he's worth it. The defense is phenomenal. He can play probably three or four positions on defense. He is an excellent rebounder. The offense was starting to show itself a little more at Houston. Um, he's, you know, he's basically good when he doesn't have to create for himself, which with this team, I would imagine he doesn't have to do very often, hopefully. So if you're the Spurs, they're, I would say they probably keep that pick, but if they fall outside of the top five, they're trading. And there's there's a decent amount of teams who would probably be willing to trade up to get that pick. No doubt. And I would say if they get a top five, if they get the third pick, actually, as a matter of fact, very specific, if they get the third pick, Wembenyama, Scoot Henderson, off the board. They're trying to decide, is Amon Thompson worth yeah. um, Is Amon Thompson worth the risk? Is Brandon Miller a guy that we like off the court? 
He's obviously a very good player on the court. Do we trust everything that happened off the court? If not, the Orlando Magic are sitting right there with their pick and the Chicago Bulls pick, both of which are probably going to be top 10. So at the very worst, you say, Orlando, we know you're desperate. You want to come and try and get Brandon Miller at three? You give us your fifth and tenth, whatever two picks they are. You give us those two picks this year. We'll we'll send a guy your way for cap for salary reasons or whatever. Send us a future. Yeah. Done. Don't even hesitate. Do it. You're gonna end up with with like two picks within the five to ten range, and you can figure out guys from there. There's gonna be plenty of talent, and some of the choices will have already been made for you. Yeah. I mean, if you're the Spurs, you have an opportunity to now draft Grady Dick, who is a professional shooter, right? 6'8", small forward, won't kill you on defense. He's serviceable, but he is the exact kind of shooter this team has needed for about two or three years. Yeah. So that's a guy who can immediately make an impact for you. You still have guys between 5 and 10 who are going to help this team and who are going to you know, impact them immediately. They're not going to have a Wimbenyama kind of impact, but they are still going to be able to help you win games and make it very clear that you're on the right track for the next two or three years. Yeah, you brought up something very interesting there, and I'm going to get to you, Paul, right now too. But I think what the Spurs really need is they need to surround themselves with some shooters. You know, they need guys who can shoot the ball from beyond the arc. They need perimeter shooters. The Spurs have not been very good this past season from shooting the ball, especially from beyond the arc. They're just getting slaughtered out there, and they don't have any guys that can really hit the broad side of a barn from beyond the three, you know? It's more of a mid-range game, and then they make a lot of mistakes, uh, and they turn the ball over quite a bit. So if you can go ahead and get some – surround yourself with some shooters with this young core, you're probably going to get – you're probably going to be a little bit better, you know, on offense. But you also have to go ahead and see how you can get better on defense because, damn, (laughs) you know, they're one the worst team, I believe, in the NBA defensively. Mm -hmm. So, Paul, as Ben is talking here about the upcoming NBA draft, what are your thoughts? You know, the Spurs losing that coin flip like we talked about. If they go ahead and they do fall to five or seven, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, like, I, I definitely trust, you know, what Ben's saying there, because he's definitely, like, you know, a draft guy who I usually him, dude, for his perspective. So I'm going to definitely take what he's saying right there and, and follow his route there. Uh, and you, something you talked about, Joe, is what, what I was, um, you know, just talking about recently in the Spurs cast is, like, you know, what do they do with this cap space? Or just looking at if they don't get, you know, number one, Victor Wimbanyama or, or Scoot Henderson, number two, then where do they look for, you know, those kind of players as well in the draft? Because they are going to have two second-round picks as well. And so I think that's a great, um, you know, uh, uh, observation is, you know, do they go after shooting uh, – whether it's via free agency or maybe going through going to and seeing uh, through some through those two second round picks that they're going to have, I think that that's a that's a great um improve you know that would be a good uh, opportunity for them. Maybe not because you don't when you're getting a shooter, you have to use all of your cap space on a shooter. You, you yeah. you're just going to use you know you're, you're finding role players who are going to fit with you for like two two to four years from now uh, down the road when you really want this team to start start getting a little bit better uh, two years. And again, like if they get Victor, well then they can make that that start a lot quicker. So I, I I agree with what you're saying there. And then as far as defensive players too, I, I am interested to see you know where do they go draft wise looking at, at, at players um, with, with that kind of potential or do they go look at some some different free agents? Now I don't have the actual free agents you know in mind just yet. I'm going to be doing a future Spurs cast episode on. A specific free agents, but I definitely think those are two routes they can definitely look at. 
Yeah. So they got a lot of decisions to make here in this upcoming draft. I think it's going to be very pivotal uh, for the San Antonio Spurs future. You know, we keep saying that we even said that last year and we said that in the years prior. But look at what happened with those picks. They didn't really pan out. Not all of them did, you know, and that's what we're going to go ahead and move to here in this uh, this last uh, getting close to this last segment uh, for of this episode of the Two Shots podcast. It's something that you said on the Spurs cast, Paul, and that Spurs cast is chock full of, of little tidbits here about the Spurs in their offseason. And one of those is going to be, you know, what are they going to do? What moves are they going to make? You know, what is their team salary looking like? Because you had mentioned they had a number of players that are going to be hidden uh, free agent agency. And you also have a number of players that are going to be on the books. So you want to kind of talk a little bit about that? I don't want you to give us the full rundown because we do want everybody to watch the latest episode <laughs> of the Spurs cast, which I will have up here later on tonight. Yeah, so um, we have, we do have a new Spurscast episode coming out. Um, six ninety five. I recorded with Colin Reed. Um, he, he's really good with the CBA stuff here. He, he's he's definitely a person I go to whenever I, I don't I'm quite understand some of the terms and things. Colin's really good with that stuff as well. Uh, and so we just broke down with the team. And so like like you were saying, Joe, they're coming in with the team that already has eleven players coming back on the roster. Those are players with guaranteed deals. So that really leaves four open roster spots realistically. Then we went into the the fact that they're going to have seven free agents. They have um they're going to have five free agents that they can make restricted free agents. Uh, those are that those players are Romeo Langford, Trey Jones, uh, Mamu, and then uh, two players on two way contracts, Dominic Barlow and J- Julian Champagne. So again, you have four open roster spots. You're not going to bring all those players back, so they're going to have to cut ties with some players, or or you know let those players uh, test the market and see if they go find deals elsewhere. And then of course they have their two veterans um, players um at an unrestricted free agency, uh, Gorgie Jang and Kata Bates Job. And so really, um, Colin and I really uh, both agreed that you know if they get Wemby, I think that the plans change in terms of how they're going to handle free agency. I, we, we both think that they would target free agents specifically to complement Wemby, um, you know, in the next, you know, two to four years, not, 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 maybe not next year immediately to you know, go straight for play in or play or playoffs, but, but, but definitely starting to build that foundation with him. Now, if they get Scoot Henderson or, or a pick um, behind number two, then I think they're going to keep that same approach of what they did this year, what we saw them do, which is not make a splashy move, but trade for contracts and then get draft assets from other teams. And that's kind of what they'll do kind of like they're doing right now where they're sitting with so much cap space, um, you know, at the, at the end of this season. Yeah. So in other words, you know, go ahead and take a look at the latest first cast because they're going to have all the number breakdowns for you there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you can also do another episode where you're going to kind of break down the cap space that the Spurs are potentially going to have for the upcoming, oh, you know, season and the off season. Yeah. Oh, we, we, we actually now address that one. Use 90% of it apparently. <laughs> Yeah, that's the new one. Yeah, I wonder. See, I'm I'm very curious. When does that take place? Because they said they're going to make these new um these new agreements uh, take place very slowly. Like they're not going to put that new re- repeater tax or that new um, second level apron in in place in year one. So I'm wondering too. You know, if they make the Spurs have to use their cap space, so then they're going to have to use. Uh, so Joe, I have the numbers here. They, it can be 25.8 million. Let's say they bring back like Trey Jones and Mamu. or um, as much as they want is 36.7 million. That's like let's just say they let all their free agents walk. Then they could have about thirty-seven million dollars of cap space. So Ben, you're right. If if that new agreement comes into place where they have to spend the, the, the cap space in year one of that new agreement, then yeah, you're right. I mean, they might have to be forced to spend thirty-seven million dollars or twenty-six million dollars. So that's a that's a good Which question, Joe. There too. I just yeah, I'm I'm gonna we're gonna need a whole podcast on that because I'm just not <laughs> understanding how you're gonna force teams to sign guys. You're gonna get inflated yeah. numbers. You're gonna get a lot of dudes who just want one or two year contracts now. I don't know. It's it's crazy to me. Yeah, I don't understand how that could be good for the league because then you're going to have teams overpaying for mediocre players. And how is that going to help as far as the product that's out there on the court and come playoff time, play in? You know, I mean, what's going to happen then? Because the teams aren't going to be able to afford their, the best players 
to to really put together these rosters, you know? So I don't know. It's a hot mess, man. Hopefully they can figure some things out here. But we have some, one thing to talk about here before we go ahead and end this episode of the Two Shots podcast. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here so everyone can see this because the Spurs, they just went ahead and released some new merchandise here. It's called La Cultura. So I'm going to go ahead and share that here. Okay. Let me put it on oh, screen. Nice. Oh, I did see this on my Twitter. Feed. Okay. I didn't. Yeah. Let me yeah, go ahead and show it on the stream. There we go. Oh, okay. So it's La Cultura. And this is some of the stuff that you can see. You know, this is the the T-shirts design, the T-shirt designs. And they said that they're going to do this. And the designs that they chose are kind of, uh, I don't know, they were influenced by the bootleg T-shirts that you see at the flea markets. I'm like, I don't know what flea markets they're going to, but the bootleg T-shirt scene is fire on the south side. Over here in the Marbach area, you can just go and you can pick up a tee for like 10 or 15 bucks. And these, these shirts that they're selling, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and go through them. You can see, I mean, they're they're part of the culture. It looks, they're cute and whatnot. I don't know if I'd spend $40 on one, Paul. You know, <laughs> I'm going to be honest no, with you. That's you know, tough. even the the agua frescas, you know, and then you have the, the snow cone, you know, the syrup or whatever there that they're showing on the on the t-shirt and then they had hats you know they had some hats that they were showing on on here as well I'll go ahead and stop sharing now and i gotta tell you man some of these prices that they're charging for hats 35 dollars a t-shirt 39 dollars i can go and buy a shirt that's probably gonna look i'm not no no offense to the designer the graphic artist it's probably gonna look fire better than this 10 15 dollars out the door you know, pair that with the hat. You come out come out for what, maybe 30 bucks for the whole deal? You know, you look good at the next Spurs game, you know, Fiesta night. I mean, come on, man. I mean, like, why would anybody want to spend 40 bucks just for a limited edition shirt? I mean, I guess it's just it's just not my cup of tea, but they're doing it for, for the fans who have to have this as part of their collection. I mean, what did you think of it, Paul? Were you a fan of this or eh? I mean, I'm not going to give too much comment just because I don't really buy team gear anymore. Um, you know, yeah. once I started, once yeah. I started going more to the media side, Mike, Michael DeLeon, you know, a great founder of Product Spurs, taught me to kind of push that side away, like being like a... F- so, I mean, it's cool for the fans. Like like you said, I mean, if they, yeah. have the, if they have the money to buy it, I mean, that's fine. I'm just not big into the buying team. Not not just for the Spurs, but just for any NBA team. I just don't buy gear anymore. So, I'm not... That's not really my, my, my area of expertise, I guess. <laughs> and what are your thoughts, Ben? What do you think about the La Cultura? I mean, I'm a big fan of the colors. I like the scheme. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. I am also someone who would never spend $40 on a t-shirt. Uh, like $35 on a hat? No, thank you. I and, and also, like, I am the lamest hat wearer of all time. Like, I I wear, I go outside and I wear the, you know, the cap with the brim. And then I've got, like, the floppy on the back of my neck and over my ears so I don't get sunburned. Like, I'm that guy. So maybe um, I'm not the right person to be asking. But that's those are not hats I would buy. And I mean, I'm, a ben, I'm just with Ben real quick about the price part. I never spend, like, I, I don't ever want to go to that, that amount for clothing. I just, I'm not, I hate yeah. spending my money on clothes. And so if I have to, like, that much, no, no way, I'm out. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I like Amen. a good hat. You know, the Spurs went ahead and gifted me this hat to Mitchell and Ness. Fiesta hat when they gave everybody Fiesta fan boxes a couple seasons ago when they just first they had 
first premiered the the introduction of the Spurs Fiesta jerseys. So they sent some of us these boxes, and a lot of other fans have been gifted these boxes, and it's cool stuff, you know, that they have in there. I'll wear it if I'm given, you know, they give it to me, but having to pay, you know, 40 bucks for a hat or whatever, 35, 40 for a shirt. I mean, come on, man. I know I can go to my local H-E-B here and I can probably find some gear while it won't be the best. It'll get the job done. That's right. <laughs> H-E-B has everything, man. <laughs> so that's, that's all I got to say about that, man. I mean, you can go to the AT&T center, you know, and you go to the fan shop and whatnot. And it's, cool stuff that they have it's just man the prices you know are just some of those things that you just got to live with you know got to splurge once in a while i get that man but i'm just saying i can give me a bootleg tea that's going to be just as fire you know <laughs> so we'll go ahead and end the show on that note but as we go ahead and start bringing this show to a close here i'm going to go down the line here and paul where can they go ahead and follow you on twitter uh at paul garcia nba mm-hmm and also, you can go ahead and make sure to follow him for all the great content that he releases there, including a lot of the numbers, you know, when it mm-hmm. comes to the salary cap, off-season moves. Paul's your guy, so make sure you go ahead and follow him. And make sure you go and you listen to the latest episode of the Spurs cast, which is going to be dropping as we record tonight, which is going to be Thursday, April the 20th. It is dropping tonight. So, Ben, where can they go ahead and follow you on Twitter? Follow me at the underscore Boomstein course uh doing a lot of writing for project spurs just had uh prospect watch drop and trace jackson davis uh former iu guy um if you like undersized bigs trace jackson davis is your dude there you go so make sure you follow ben because ben is the uh prospect aficionado anything you need to know about the upcoming nba draft picks Names, you need some names, you know. You hey, give me some guys I got to keep a lookout on. Come draft day, Ben's your dude. Make sure you go ahead and hit him up in his DMs. Slide into the DMs. Don't send pictures. Just ask questions. He's not the type of dude. <laughs> we don't send pictures. Do not send pictures. Oh, oh man, I had to do that, man. I had to do that to you. So <laughs> as we bring this show to an end, make sure you go ahead and follow. I me get a picture. I'm blaming you, Joe. <laughs> Depends on what kind, Ben. Depends on what kind. You sicko. <laughs> so you can follow me at Two Shots Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. You know, just check it out. But for Benjamin Bornstein and for Paul Garcia, thank you guys for watching and listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind. We're out. Peace. Peace.